Hello, listeners. This is JB Adams. It's my pleasure to welcome you back to season two of Leadership Life Stories. Now, you've heard me say this multiple times. Leadership is all about change, and you're going to notice some changes here with season two. First, I'm proud to say that my co-host for this season is Dr. Rebecca Morgan. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, JB. Rebecca is a best-selling author. She holds a PhD in leadership development, and she had a 22-year career with the Walt Disney Company, where she had roles in operations and learning and organizational development. Welcome to co-hosting, Rebecca. Oh my gosh, JB, thank you so much. I'm so excited to do this. And we're very happy to have you. Now, there's also another change with season two, and it's also the reason why Rebecca is here. That's right. Okay, we have six guests lined up for interviews because this season is devoted to examining Disney leadership as the Walt Disney World Resort celebrates its 50th, yeah, that's right, 50th anniversary. And I can think of no one better to discuss the topic of Disney leadership than you, Rebecca, and together with me. Well, thank you, JB. So let's go ahead and get started. What are we discussing and, you know, who's the guest? Today, we have a very special episode because we don't have a guest per se, unless you want to think of it this way. You are my guest and I am your guest. And together, we're going to talk about leadership, why Disney leadership is a big deal, and some of the great insights coming up in the episodes for season two. So, Rebecca, are you ready? Oh my gosh, let's do this. Welcome. I'm your host, JB Adams. And I'm your host, Rebecca Morgan. In this series, we bring you conversations with experienced leaders. Because a leader is anyone who influences change, we want to understand not just what leaders do, but who they are and how they can be effective in a rapidly changing world. We hope you'll learn some things about our guests, about our topic, and also about yourself. This is Leadership Life Stories. You can find episodes of this and all other Victor Media Group shows on our website at victormediagroup.co. And if you like what you're hearing, subscribe and connect with us on your favorite social media platform. We'll be right back after this important message. Well, hi there listeners, it's Rebecca Morgan. If you told my younger self, you are going to love talking about leadership. And when you grow up, you will lead hundreds and develop thousands of managers and leaders and create great places to work. I would have laughed at the idea because I was focused on becoming a dolphin trainer. Yeah, while I still love dolphins, what I really love to do is leadership development. So much so that I created the Awesome Leader League, the ultimate collection of people-centered leadership skills to help you be a better leader. If you're looking for ways to become more confident and an effective people-centered leader that people will trip over their own feet to follow, this is your resource. And did I mention we do it in 20 minutes or less? Join us now at theawesomeleaderleague.com. Welcome to Leadership Life Stories. I'm Rebecca Morgan and my co-host is JB Adams. This season of Leadership Life Stories is focusing on examining Disney leadership at the Walt Disney World Resort as it celebrates its 50th anniversary. Now, today's episode is a little different from the shows that will follow. For the rest of this season, we have lined up an exciting collection of Disney leaders who are going to share their leadership lessons from their time working at the Walt Disney Company. But for this particular episode, we want to try and lay the groundwork for what follows by helping you understand where we, your co-hosts, are coming from. And what does that mean, Rebecca? It means that we're going to help you understand why we care about leadership and why you should too. Okay, JB, so what is the philosophy of the show? What I wanted to create with this show is a little different. We want to talk to seasoned leaders 
and we, we invite them to share their life lessons. The essence of the show is advice you would give to your younger self, because I think that's what makes a leader is sort of knowing how to pass the knowledge down to whoever's coming behind you. But I have a question for you, Rebecca. In this first segment, we call the first segment the big deal. And it's where we establish what Disney leadership is and why Disney is a big deal and why Disney leadership is a big deal. But you transformed this segment by the inclusion of a very simple question right off the top. And that question is, what is your leadership philosophy? So in addition to you and I answering that question, I want to know what prompted you to say, hey, JB, we need to put this right at the top. Well, I think knowing your philosophy on how you view leadership and its role, it really guides absolutely everything you do. So I think starting off our episodes with that really helped shape the stories that we're going to hear and these life lessons that we're going to hear from our guests. And it really, everything they say can come back to that. And it was just really neat to see that evolve. Shall we do a demonstration? Let's try. Let's do it. All right. I'll ask you first, Rebecca, what's your leadership philosophy? Don't be an I mean, can I say that on a podcast, JB? I don't know. If not, don't be a boss hole. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're going to bleep you, but tell us what don't be a boss hole means. Don't be that jerky leader, that leader that just tells people what to do, doesn't listen to them, knows all the answers. Be a person that's inclusive and interested in other people and wanting to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, JB, now tell me your leadership philosophy. My leadership philosophy has really evolved over time, but I would say I could boil it down to two things. First, I believe that leadership begins with knowing who you are. And once you know who you are, then you know what your strengths are. You can find an environment where you not only survive, but also thrive. And then the second part for me is understanding that leadership means getting things done through the efforts of others. So relationships are critical to building successful leadership. And, and that's it in its essence. There's much more to it, but that's what leadership means to me. And we also got some very interesting responses to this question from our guests. We also asked them why Disney is a big deal, why Disney leadership is a big deal. And then we had them share some stories about their Disney role models, which is interesting because all of our guests are also Disney role models. They're all role models. I am fortunate to have worked with nearly all of the guests on this podcast in some way, whether it has been as a direct report or as part of their team or a special project. And let me tell you, I've learned something from every single one of them and I admire it. And I'm so glad that they share their stories with others, that others can be inspired from and learn from them as well, because like you said, they're absolutely incredible. And our listeners are going to hear more about this as the season proceeds. But let's talk about what happens in segment two. Yeah, segment two, all about your backstory. Yeah, the backstory is a fascinating segment, from my opinion, because this is where we kind of dig in and get to know them at a deeper level. So uh, not to mention, JB, not to interrupt you, but you also like to quiz our guests in this segment. I think it's one of your favorite things to do. It is. It is one of my favorite things to do, uh, because what we do is we talk about personality and it goes back to what I said about knowing who you are. So Rebecca, if you're ready, let's give it a try. Leadership Life Stories presents the self-awareness quiz featuring the five factor model that measures the five personality traits of openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. 
Remember, leadership begins with self-awareness and you can't change your personality as much as you can manage it. So let's take a little time and get to know our guest. Or in this case, guests, Rebecca Morgan and JB Adams. Rebecca, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready too. Okay, the first one is openness. Do you consider yourself creative or practical? Creative. How about you? I'm also creative. Ding, Number ding. Okay. Ding, ding. We're the same. Number two, conscientiousness. Do you consider yourself disciplined or flexible? Flexible. And I'm disciplined. <gasps> okay. Yeah, we're different on that one. Number three, extroversion. Are you introverted or extroverted? Extroverted. Fascinating. I'm introverted. Oh. Yeah. Number four is agreeableness. Do you consider yourself compliant or challenging? Compliant. Now, if you had to guess, I would have uh, said that I'm challenging, but the truth is I'm compliant. Right. I think you're compliant, challenging, slash. If we could have a slash. I'm on the line. I've heard you. I've heard you do this with the guess, and you're like, no, you made them pick an answer. So yeah go with it jb but mm -hmm. if there was um, a slash there totally be a slash i'm gonna pick compliance even though many people would consider me challenging and the fifth one is neuroticism do you consider yourself sensitive or steady sensitive how about you as am i so here's the question that we like to ask rebecca you said that you were a creative flexible extroverted compliant and sensitive leader what kind of environment do you think you're suited for and what are you not suited for? Well, I think the environment I'm suited for is working with people and being around people. I think I'm not suited for environments where I can't use the creativity and uh, that are really, um, this is the only way you have to do this. Like I, I really like problem solving and coming up with new solutions and ways of doing things and hearing people's feedback and saying, oh, how can we fix that? How can we make things better? Mm -hmm. So if it's a really environment where you can't do that, I'm really not interested. Mm -hmm. How about you? What is your best environment that you can do your best work? Well, I said that I was a creative, disciplined, introverted, compliant, and sensitive leader. And what that means is that uh, I like expressing ideas sharing ideas, exploring ideas. I like to express my creativity. I like working with people, but in my relationships, I prefer more one-on-one -on -one than in groups because I like to ask questions and kind of probe. And that really helps me as a coach. So that's suited for my environment. I'm also sensitive to people's feelings. And sometimes I'm helping people process their feelings and label their emotions. And the thing that I'm not suited for is anything that I find terribly repetitive because that's not employing my creativity. And so at this time, what I would like to say is, Rebecca, thank you for indulging in personality time with me. It's nice to know you. Love it. Love it. And now it's time to move on to backstory. Okay, JB, I have a question for you. Yes. Tell me where you were born or raised. I am from a small town called Shabance, Illinois, in rural Illinois. And I grew up on a farm. Wow. Cool. How about you? Where are you from? Well, I was born in a wicked small town in Western Massachusetts. Wicked small. Wicked small. <laughs> Rebecca, what generation do you identify with? Gen X. As do I. And it's so interesting that you and I are Gen X and we're interviewing people mostly who are baby boomers. So interesting to compare. 
Hey, JV, tell me about your parents' occupation. My father was and is a farmer. And when I was growing up, my mother was a homemaker, but later she had an entire career studying education and working with little kids. So How about cool. you? Well, yeah, they're both role models to me. Tell me about your parents. Well, my father worked for the post office and my mother was a hairstylist. And let me tell you, do I have photos? I think you actually have some of my photos. Some of your years. hairstyle photos? Yeah, at Disney. They're great. They are great. Um, <laughs> let's talk about siblings and birth order. Rebecca, where do you land? I'm the oldest of three girls. How about you? I am the youngest of four, one oldest brother, two older sisters, and I am the baby. Uh -huh. So this is my favorite part of the whole backstory section. And that is given all the brief things that you just told us, what was your role in the family? Well, being the firstborn, my role, which I was constantly reminded about was to be a role model to my younger sisters mm -hmm. all the time always reminded be the role model <laughs> it sounds like you had to be reminded um what does that mean to be the role model i think it's really about being the one that goes first to show them that everything is going to be okay whether it's jumping into the pool look the diving board is not scary you go in and jump you go you go big sister you jump or you go first and so i think that's really what it means to be that role model with choices and decisions and showing that you know everything's going to be okay because things are scary sometimes. That's a great role to play. Okay. Tell me about the role you played in your family as the baby. I was the baby and I'm still the baby <laughs> in this regard. When I was a baby and there is an age gap, my, my next oldest sister is four years older than me. So she was already four when I was born. There were times probably as a baby where I felt like I had five people looking after me. And to a certain extent, I had five servants who could wait on me. <laughs> and uh, and I took me like, oh, I outgrew that because like now you can take care of yourself. And I was like, oh, yes, but I like the attention. So um, I shifted from needing to be waited on to being entertaining. And so I kind of was the charmer and could make people laugh and tell funny stories and stay engaged. And I feel like that's somewhat my role in the family. Now, even though I don't see my family as often as I would like to, when I am there, I, I we like to keep it interesting, entertaining. You do make me laugh, JB, so I can totally see you stepping into that role. Oh my gosh. I, I hope you know, they think the same thing about me. I don't know if they agree with my assessment Right, 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 right. <laughs> I would also say that being the baby kind of taught me to become an explorer. So you think about those times when I was supervised, there were also times when I looked forward to being not supervised. So I had three older siblings, they were all baby boomer generation. And there was a period of time when they were all in school and I was not. And these were the times when I could be on the farm and go outside and explore and kind of do things on my own. And I think that kind of informs how I am as an adult. I continue to like to explore and try things out and learn new things. And I think I learned that as a young person as well. But that kind of leads me to my next question. And, and that is, what do you think is in your backstory that informs the kind of leader that you have become? Well, when I was a kid, I played t-ball like many kids do. And it was one team, t-ball, right? Boys and girls were all on the same team. As I got older, I loved playing t-ball. I played 
baseball and growing up, I was then I played little league because there wasn't a female little league team and there also wasn't a female softball team. So I was the only girl playing little league. And I have to tell you, it was hard. And why it was hard is because I was picked on all the time. Like kids can be very cruel. Cool, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, right. And so I was picked on all the time for being a girl playing little league, especially by the boys. Like they picked on me a lot. But what it did for me, a turning point, I think, is it reminded me to not let anyone ever tell you what you can and cannot do. And if you want to play t-ball or if you want to do this or that, just do it. Don't let anyone tell you what you can and cannot do. Well, that's powerful. Yeah, young age. was It's interesting. I have to remind it. So thanks for asking. I have to remind myself of that, you know, because it's hard to go back into those patterns that we have. It's, it's hard to go back into the old patterns. Yeah. Unless... In doing so, you can acknowledge that you've overcome them. Yeah. So true. What about you? Uh, the way I would say that my backstory informs my leadership is I'm going to connect it to farming. When you grow up on a farm, you have an appreciation for seasons of change. You're always preparing for the next season, but you are living in the present in the season that you're in and paying attention and noticing you know, whether you need to take action on anything to make sure that you can bring your crop to harvest. And I think I kind of have the same philosophy about leadership in any industry, in any instance. It's not just about what's going on right now, although that's very important, but it's also what do we need to be planning for in the future? How far out is our time horizon to make sure that we are bringing in a crop and harvesting for the future? So it's sort of that strategic thinking that goes into farming. I parlay that into my approach to leadership. Most people don't even know that <laughs> um, because it doesn't come out in regular everyday conversation, but it's very much part of my background to just appreciate those seasons and to also, you know, like when the season's over, it's over. You can't go back and redo it. So you have to put it in the past and prepare for the next one. And I also think that that informs my leadership style. JB, I love that. When we come back in a moment, we'll discuss the remaining segments that are part of the interview, which include Disney leadership through the decades, the greatest accomplishment, the greatest adversity, and leaders' best advice. Stay with us. Welcome back to Leadership Life Stories. I'm JB Adams. My co-host is Rebecca Morgan. And the next segment that's part of the interview is called Disney Leadership Through the Decades. It gives us a chance to acknowledge how Disney leadership has evolved over time. It also lets us acknowledge that there are certain things in the Disney culture that stay the same. Now we're going to let our guests speak for themselves when it comes to the evolution of Disney leadership. But one of the features that you will hear repeatedly in this segment is... Walt Disney World Insider Free Association. That's right, it's time to play Walt Disney World Insider Free Association, the game where there are no right answers, no wrong answers, no winners, no losers, and there are no prizes. To play the game, we provide you with a series of prompts about your Walt Disney World experience, and for each one, you say the first answer that pops into your head. 
Rebecca Morgan, are you ready to play? I am. Are you ready to play, JB? I am ready, too. We'll start with the first one. Rebecca, your favorite Disney character. What is it? Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Oh, my gosh. That's also mine. Does that make us lame? No, it makes us awesome. All yeah. right. What is your favorite Walt Disney World theme park? Epcot Center. Yours? Animal Kingdom. Ooh, you surprised me. Rebecca, favorite Walt Disney World resort? The Contemporary. It's so cool. Yes. How about you? Fort Wilderness. What's your favorite attraction that's still operating? Haunted Mansion. Yours. It's a small world after all. Oh, I'm so tempted to sing. Rebecca, favorite attraction that's no longer operating? Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Motor Mania is not a crime. Ooh. Not a crime. All right, what about you? It's Journey into Imagination with Dreamfinder and Figment, the original. Oh, that's a good one. That one counts. Okay, favorite restaurant and meal? The Brown Derby Order the Oyster Brie Soup. It is delicious. Rebecca, what's yours? Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. It would be Boma, and it would be the Zebra Cakes. Rebecca, anything at Walt Disney World overrated? Yeah, this is not going to draw any fans, so I apologize, but it would be the hot dogs at Casey's Corner. Oh, my. How about you? What do you think's overrated? My apologies to the fans out there, but I just have to say it. Utilidor Tour. All right, moving on to the next one. Anything at Walt Disney that is underrated. Oh, file this under things no longer open. Pleasure Island. Rebecca, your choice for underrated. Ah, I think the People Mover. That's really a good ride attraction. I, I, I think I love, the People Mover. I love the People Mover. I agree with you. Right. Thank you, Rebecca, for playing Walt Disney World Insider Free Association. It's always fun. And uh, you didn't win anything, but neither did I. And the remainder of this segment is a conversation about how Disney leadership has evolved over time. And uh, we're going to let our guests discuss that in future episodes. But Rebecca, there is one thing that keeps coming up over and over in this mm -hmm. segment. Yes. Because there's a recurring theme, if you listen for it, in each of our guest interviews where they talk about this really special time in the company and how it's transformed the culture. And it's pretty exciting because I think any business can do this if they listen to those messages and take action. I agree. It's something that has made many careers in the time since if you were there to observe the transformation that occurred during performance excellence. And you and I both benefited from it and Disney leaders in general have continued to benefit from it. This segment is called The Greatest Accomplishment, and it gives us a chance to understand how leaders define success. And I think we should demonstrate it. JB, how do you define success? Success means that you have a clear intention and you take action to make a difference. So with that said, sometimes a change comes about not in the environment, but in yourself. So to me, that's still a success. I don't believe in failure. I don't think that there is such a thing as failure. There is only lessons. So as long as you learn something, you succeeded. Rebecca, how do you define success? JB, you know, I would agree that success is about making a difference. It doesn't have to be a huge difference or something grandiose. It could be small things. 
And it's just moving along, whether it be your dreams or your goals, but taking those actions to do that and making a difference in people's lives and helping them move their dreams and goals along. And it's being that support for them and believing in them and doing everything you can to help them advance whatever it is they want to do so they can feel really good. Uh, Rebecca, do you think you and I could sort of have a brief conversation about some of the things that we have learned? So I want to acknowledge we are recording this at the time where we have already completed most of the interviews for the season. And I just want to say the answers that we got to this question were surprising in that you would think they're going to talk about how they made a huge profit or moved their company forward or executed some business strategy. Those are not the yeah. kind of answers that we got. What's crazy is, I mean, let's let's put it out there, JB. Disney makes a lot of money. They make a lot of money. So yeah, to, to hear these senior leaders not talk about money, I don't think anyone ever talked really about money. I, I guess they know, they talked about shareholder deliverables and how we have to deliver for shareholders, but they really talked about the strategy and the method of how to do that. And you're right, none of it was about money per se. It was how they did that. Yeah, exactly. That definitely got my attention. We're going to let our guests speak for themselves when it comes to defining success and sharing their stories of accomplishment. Um, it is definitely something to look forward to, but more important than this. This segment is called The Greatest Adversity, and it's where we acknowledge that leaders are actually human and each of us have challenges to face every day. So in discussing The Greatest Adversity, we always start off by inviting our guests to name it. So JB, how would you label your greatest adversity? I thought about this a lot because I have many greatest adversity stories that I can tell and I will share on future shows. In the context of this season, the greatest adversity story that I wanna tell would be labeled employment uncertainty. Wow, JB, you know, employment uncertainty is very relevant today. So can you tell us more about that? So here's what that means. At the top of the show, I said that my leadership philosophy was know who you are. And that was earned by me at a young age because I did not know who I was. And I really struggled to figure out where I fit into this world. So there was a period of time in the middle of my Disney career where I was in a role that was okay, but I wasn't really right fit for it and that role came to an end and i didn't know where i was going to go next so i would say that the uncertainty lasted about a year and a half there was a period of three months when i was unemployed but the truth is the uncertainty was years prior to that because i just was not in the right fit role and i didn't know what i was good at and people you know can relate to this feeling of what i don't know what to do next yeah. I don't know, you know, again, where I belong. Things happened. I was in the right place at the right time. I got an opportunity that was initiated outside of my control. And it wound up becoming the greatest opportunity of my lifetime. And it was getting the job at Disney University. And the rest of my career is history after that, because I fell in love with training and uh, the people of this organization and the messaging and everything that has happened since. And I have had a long career once I found where I fit. So my takeaway, 
is when you're going through the adversity, look for the opportunity, look for the lesson. Thank you, JP. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's my adversity. Um, I would like to hear about yours and we'll start by labeling it. What would you label it? Ah, I would label it as imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Tell us what that means. Well, I was 24 years old and I, I really couldn't even keep a house plan alive. And here I was at Disney responsible for over 300 plus employees in Future World Center at Epcot. And I was really scared. I was constantly overwhelmed and I doubted myself. I lacked confidence and I really felt like I was drowning. And I would wake up every day and go, today's the day they're going to find out that I didn't deserve this job. And that would result in getting fired because the truth came out. I had no idea what I was doing and this responsibility. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And that would lead to being a headline feature in the Orlando Sentinel that I do not know what I'm doing. And then I'd have to move back to my parents. And let me tell you, you know, unlike today, moving back in with your parents back then, that wasn't the cool thing to do. So overcoming that and realizing that I was never alone in this. I wasn't leading alone. I had a team. I was supported and I wasn't fooling anyone. People knew I didn't know what I was doing. I was there to learn. So once I learned that I was there to learn and I had a team around me to help me do this, it changed me. And would you say that that is your takeaway? I would say that's my takeaway, that you don't do anything alone, that you have people that you can lean on. And especially at Disney, we are a team. We are a collaborative team looking out for each other. And that's what I really appreciated and learned. But I'll tell you, back then, it's really hard when you're in the moment to feel that way. All right. Can I acknowledge what I'm going to call this unplanned moment right now? Because you just said something that sticks with me. First of all, I want to say to any of you listening, if you have ever had to go back and move into your parents' home, there's no shame in it. It happens. Absolutely. No shame. No shame. And I'm saying that because I did do that when I was a young person. When I was, again, searching and trying to figure out who I was, I moved back in with my parents for a full year. So if that happens to you, I just want to let you know it's okay. But by the same token, when you get to that second turning point down the road, and I was thinking about, am I going to need to do this again? That's where you really dig deep because <laughs> I did not want to do it again. And a lot of people can relate to that of, I want to have my own identity. Yeah. And, um, you know, I won the Kleenex award for today's episode. So thank you, Rebecca. GB, it's going to come. But I'll tell you, you know, I, I jokingly say don't want to move home, but it was a thing. Like if you had to move back home, it was a sign that you're a failure. Mm, yeah. Is really what it was. Not saying you're a failure at all, JP, because look at you. But, but but I think our generation, there was a perception of that. But it's also wonderful that if we have families and friends that will take us in in our times of need. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And so knowing that as you get older for me was always a clutch like what is the worst that can happen to me if i take this risk or i try this well it's like when i moved to china i sold my house i sold my cars i'm going to china i have a three-year contract well if this doesn't work out i can always come back and let's take that one step further because i have great family and friends even though i don't have a house 
guess what? I can go back and live with my parents and my family and friends. And that is not a sign of failure. That yeah. is a sign that you are surrounded by people to help you. Yeah, absolutely. Give me the Kleenex. Kleenex award all around. Thank you. Today's sponsor is, no, just kidding. I'll edit that out. Um, yeah. It's just and, our conversation. And just to wrap this up, I want to acknowledge we got so many great conversations from our guests about the greatest adversity. Again, surprising answers, things that you will not expect, and really, really powerful lessons. The final segment of our show is called Leader's Best Advice. And it's in this segment that we invite our guests to talk about what they're doing now and how they add value. Then we invite them to share some of their best leadership advice, resources, books, ideas, and things that anyone could apply. Yes, JB, we do that, but it's what they say at the end of the segment that really makes a difference. We ask them, what advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah, and I think that question has made a huge difference. Which one of us has an answer? I have an answer. Rebecca, what advice would you give to your younger self? Use the Oxford comma punctuation is so important oh my god are you talking about leadership though because oh leadership leadership oh, okay. <laughs> you know what keep showing up be you and own your awesome that would be my advice keep showing up be you own your awesome mm. <laughs> mic drop okay jb what is your best advice to your younger self my best advice can be summed up with my philosophy. Know who you are, figure out what you're good at, build relationships with the people around you. And this is my last bit of advice. An introvert speaking to fellow introverts, get out and meet as many people as you can, take an interest in them and see what you can do to help them. And they will see what they can do to help you. That's really good, JB. Thank you. Uh, it comes from the heart. And uh, I just remembered something. At the top of the show, we said that we were going to introduce each other. So why don't we do that now? You know, the formal introductions. Okay. So in addition to everything I said in the opening, Rebecca is a best-selling author. She holds a PhD in leadership development. She had a 22-year career at the Walt Disney Company. Rebecca is also the strategic advisor for the Choose Awesome Company, which helps people and businesses tap into their potential unleash their awesome and create sustainable business models that support growth. Okay, JB Adams is a management consultant specializing in leadership development. He has had an 11 year career with the Walt Disney Company before founding his own company, Adams Learning in 2001. He has developed learning experiences at companies large and small and provides coaching and consulting, particularly in the areas of leadership, culture and brand. He is also the co-founder of Victor Media Group, the producer of this very show. All right, thank you, Rebecca, for that lovely introduction. And I know that uh, you also wanted to say something about what this season means. What is it that you wanted to say? Well, why I really was interested in doing this podcast with you, one, I absolutely adore you and think you are ridiculously talented, which I know you don't want to hear, but it's the truth. Two, Disney and the leaders we've experienced there has taught us so much. And to be able to share these great leaders with other people that have inspired us that taught us to be gosh if we could even be half as good as some of these leaders we're doing something right because they are absolutely incredible 
And so to do this podcast, JB, I see it as a love letter, a love letter to these great leaders that showed us a way that there is a way that you can lead and really make a difference in the lives of others. Well, um, I couldn't say it any better myself, and so I'm not even going to try. Um, and so, Rebecca Morgan, with that, I would like to say the admiration is reciprocated. Thank you for being my co-host on Leadership Life Stories. I couldn't do it without you, and it's always a pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you, JB. Oh my gosh, it's such a treat. And to our listeners, come back for next week's episode. We have some great Leadership Life Stories from Disney leaders. You won't want to miss it. See you soon. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon with another episode. You can find Leadership Life Stories and all other Victor Media Group podcasts at victormediagroup.co. Leadership Life Stories was created by J.B. Adams and executive produced by Gerard Mitchell. Today's episode was co-hosted by Rebecca Morgan and J.B. Adams. Sound design by Michael Orlowski. Mixing and editing by Manny Simone. It's the mission of Victor Media Group to make the world a better place by making ourselves better people. If you like this show, follow us at Victor Media Group on your favorite social media platform. This is JB Adams, and until next time, remember, if you can dream it, you can do it.